I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 407 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, recorded live on Sunday, June 21st, 2020. I am Chris. Joining me, as per the usual, my regular co-host, we'll start first with the majestically bearded one, Anthony Bachman. Hello, Captain Fuckwit. Well, at least I've got a wit, I suppose. So, uh, also joining me, he's a special <laughs> dude. We like to call him Willied Nelson. Hey, that's me. Hey, hey, hey! Oh <laughs> shit! You guys are there. Hey, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a little sad that my beard's not also majestic, but whatever. You were just complaining in pre-show that you wanted to trim it and that it was out of control. Well, yeah, but just because just because something's out of control doesn't mean it can't be majestic. Your but I guess in your eyes, it can't be. Your facely mane is not majestic yet. Yeah, you need all the colors in it. Helps make it majestic. Yeah, I mean, I've I got gray in mine. Red. Bachman's got gray in his. <laughs> there's not just gray. There's blonde there, in here. Right there's here. red. Yeah. There's black. There's brown. And there's white. <laughs> I have every color in my, yeah, in got, my fucking beard. I got brown, red, and white in my beard. So. <laughs> Sounds like a country song start- in the starting. There you go. Hmm, should we try and make this country song today? This is my beard has red, white, and blue flowing through it. This is when I wish Naki was here because she was really good at coming up with songs on the fly. That's true. She had quite the talent at it, like the Anthony the Sailor Man song and a variety of other things. Apparently, I have no talent. I didn't I say do. you have no talent, but I said Naki has more <laughs> talent when it comes to yeah, making she, up songs. She was good at spur, of the, uh, spur of the moment songs. She was very good at that. Mm-hmm. We're not as good at that. No. So. Well, you, well, maybe not on spur of the moment, but I mean, give me about five minutes. I ain't coming up with something dumb. <laughs> I'm That's true. At any given moment, you give Willie five minutes, he'll come up with something dumb. <laughs> I'm afraid of the result of that, though. I'll be honest. He, in that category, he's batting a thousand. He's never disappointed. Well, I don't know. Give five minutes. That. I'll come with something dumb. You're putting a lot of pressure on him right there. So I should start the five minute timer, is what you're telling me right now. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. All right. I'm going to. All right. We're do well. I mean, I don't know if I can do the pre, the the, the not the pre show, but the, the 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 starting of the show well, and and doing that at the same time. I will take you off screen for five minutes. Oh my god! Then, oh. All right, here we go. I'm doing it right now. Start a timer okay. for five minutes. <laughs> you got five minutes. Five minute timer starting now. All I right. got five on it. Make something stupid. So Willie's got five minutes now to come up with something stupid for us. We're going to leave him on screen so you guys can watch him think, but he is not a part of our pre-show right now <laughs> as he comes up with his uh, his uh, stupid stuff for us. This is taking things to a new level of calling bluffs we're doing in this week's ATG. Yeah, we are. Not to be fucked with. We have five minutes for something stupid. Well, <laughs> while Willie is brainstorming and coming up with some ideas, uh, Bachman, what's new this week? Anything good been going on? I somehow hurt my hand and I don't know how, but fuck it hurts. Like oh, I every time how. I, sh- no, it can't be that because it's the tendon on like the top of my hand, like, like this tendon on like the back of my hand. Like when I go to pick up a cup or something, like it hurts, like it's on fire. Well, but like, if I have something in front of me, 
It's like it's only when I straighten my arm and then try to grab something, it hurts like hell. So I've heard if you're going to go pick up a cup, it's acceptable and it's not at all a sign of weakness to pick it up with your right hand and put your left underneath and just kind of tip it back. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the way to do it now. And there's, so no, there's nothing wrong like, with that. I can do this. I can grab my coffee cup like this doesn't hurt. But like in the middle of the night, if I reach over to like hit my alarm clock or something, like as I extend my arm, like the 10 in the back of my hand just screams like it's on fire. And I can't figure out what the fuck I like. I, I haven't punched anything. I, I didn't like roll over in the night and sleep on my hand and wake up with it hurting or anything. Like I don't remember doing anything to it. And for like a week and a half now, my hand has been killing me. It's fucking ridiculous. I'll be sitting in my chair, like reach over to grab my PS4 controller and like, the the act of like pinching my fingers around the controller to pick it up hurts because of the angle that I'm reaching. It's so strange. That's weird. Yeah, because like there's no there's no pain. Like it doesn't just hurt. So like you know, and I mean like I've pulled tendons and stuff in my feet and my legs and stuff when I was doing taekwondo. So like I know it's a tendon. I can feel the difference. But yeah, it's not like it's not like muscle soreness. It's not like I didn't pull anything. I've been basically sitting on my ass for fucking six months. I didn't do nothing. So yeah, it's like, I don't know how the fuck I just somehow hurt a tendon that only hurts at a certain angle. Too much video gaming. Video games are hurt you. Maybe, yeah. It's just, just mouse and keyboard and PS4 controller all the time. Yeah, like I've literally been sitting and like like watching shows on my computer and like with an ice pack wrapped around my hand just to kind of, you know, I guess like not really dull the pain, but just kind of help with uh, if there's any inflammation or anything. Two minutes and this 15 is- seconds. This is your two-minute warning. You got two minutes to bring us something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you watching live, can't see Willie right now, but we can see him on the call. (laughs) So he was acknowledging our call of two minutes remaining. And don't worry, we'll let you know as soon as those two minutes are up. We'll cut back directly to Willie D. Nelson. I feel bad putting him on the spot like this, but it could be comedic gold. Could be. Or at least bronze. (laughs) Pewter. Be comedic pewter. Pewter. It was also weird this week. Uh, Captain Comics did their pseudo twenty seventh anniversary sale because of you know the in in the world of COVID and social distancing. Uh, Captain only uh, Corbett, who runs my local comic shop, only does two sales a year, so he keeps them like really separated, and usually makes them a huge deal. So he has the anniversary sale and the Christmas sale. That's it. He never does any other sales ever. This is this uh, this week was the 27th anniversary of Captain Comics. So normally, it would be Friday night they would close the store at like what is it at five? Or they close at four and reopen at six, and it's for box customers only. Those of us with a pull list, and like it's not open to the public on Friday night for the sale, and then all day Saturday it's open to the public for people to come in and get the sale prices of whatever's left over. So basically, everybody with a pull list that's been a longtime paid customer gets first dibs on everything. That's cool. But yeah, it's awesome. But also, whenever he does that at the Friday night sale, there's like 300 people with pull lists. So at seven o'clock, yeah, at seven o'clock, there's 300 people in a store that has like a fire marshal rating for like 50. And so every year at the Christmas party, oh, 30, less than 30 seconds. Every year at the Christmas party, it's super packed. You know, it's a blast and like it's it's hard to shuffle around. And, you know, of course, a lot of, a lot of us comic fans are larger gentlemen. So, you know, it's a packed store. So yeah, Corbett this year was trying to figure out what the fuck he was going to do. So he did a four-day sale where it's not limited. So it was Thursday, or yeah, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So any day of the last four days, you could go in and get the sale prices. Willie. Oh, we have a wiener. It is time to bring back 
Willie D. Nelson for some stupid BS or whatever we're calling this segment. Well, segment. I mean, we want to hear something it. stupid. I, I was like, really, guys, a good little first line. Oh, we're going for stupid. All right. Well, this is <coughs> this is your turn, Willie. I'm going to step back, just put you on full screen, and let you provide us with something stupid like you promised. Oh, this be a fun seven seconds. Title of your sex tape. That's yeah, what she said. Right? All right. So all I really got, I went in. Uh, it's like, um, <coughs> strong as steel, tended to with passion, and flowing like the Mississippi. This bit is saturated and full with. That's all I got so far. I admire the uh, the effort, the effort, and the heartfelt singing that you provided us for this. So <laughs> was it you. better than you expected? Yes, but remember how low my bar was. <laughs> <laughs> Lowered expectations. <laughs> I do admire the effort, and Willie, it is not something I would have been able to do because you put me on the spot for things like that. And my brain locks up, so you did good. You did good, sir. I try. I'm proud of you. You've done good. I was going to go somewhere. I was like, oh, wait, I can't. So, oh, no, I didn't even mean for that. How'd that come out of me? Title of your sex tape? All right. We need to. <laughs> we, we already, you already done that one. Don't repeat yourself. Don't go around circles, buddy. It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's a repeatable joke, that one. Yeah, but not that quick fire in such short succession. You got to switch it up, man. You can't just can't go jump to the same well. I can do that what I want. Otherwise, it's just going to be another one of those. That's what she said. Just hitting the pinnacle and then just over, just satur- oversaturating the market. That's what Willie said. That's what Willied said. Willied said that indeed. <laughs> That's our best dumb gag on here, I think. <laughs> uh, you can thank one uh, 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 Miss Cassio for coming up with that. That is not me. I was just I just put in my middle initial. And then someone just said, hey, it looks like you, your name is Willied Nelson. Hey, I'll allow it because I'm yeah, entertained. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Well, I appreciate it, Willie. Well done, sir. That was a quick five minutes. I don't think it was a full regulation size five minutes, but whatever. I set a timer on my phone. On I said what I said. I'm calling shenanigans and collusion, but hey, we are just going to pass on by it. In fact, you probably got more than five minutes based off how long it took me to set the timer. Sure. Mm. I was just bypassing. I'm saying there's some collusion. And I will say there's a little ticker clock here on my live timer and recording timer that show me every second that elapses, both of which also showed five minutes had elapsed. For those listening, trying to make excuses. For those listening to the audio, Willie is making hand gestures of a mouth moving up and down. I'm mocking Chris. I'm mocking him. Willie, better people than you have mocked me, and it didn't hurt then, so it's not going to hurt now. Mock, mock, mock. Uh, at least it has to be better than that. Or, sorry, that. <laughs> mm. Gotta figure out which way my head's going. That is an interesting conundrum. I don't know how to help uh, you. Once again, for the audio listeners, I'm heading my head towards Bachman, since we're in a grid-like pattern here. A la um, Brady Bunch. Here's the story of a man named like- Willie. Yes. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. It could go a lot of bad places. Oh, uh, well, I wasn't even thinking of any. Why, Chris? That's on you. That's on you. That's on you, man. What are you talking about? There's generically anything to go on. I wasn't necessarily talking about going dirty thing or anything like that. Oh, you were guaranteed to think something dirty. Don't even actually. Deny I was it. trying to come up with something with cheer wine to begin with. Actually, that was the first yeah, thing that came to mind. That is not the, om- the omniscienty of what you were saying. 
Well, look, um, let's be honest. I've made up words because all words are made up. Fuck you. Let's be honest. When you're struggling to come up with something, the easiest thing to do is to go to the well and make it dirty. So at least you get a reaction that way. Whether it's good or not, people will at least react. Hence a lot of comedians out there that aren't very good that just go dirty. And once again, you're jumping to that same old tired well. See, it's called a callback. See, it's good when it has a little bit of breathing room, but you ain't got it. You keep saying that's the day me a sex tape. It doesn't work like that. I didn't even say that. No one said that for like the last four minutes. You're the one that said it. Time dilation is a thing. I don't know how much time has passed anymore. If that was five minutes, and yeah, yeah, that was probably four minutes ago. I don't know anymore. Willie doesn't do time. No, he doesn't. He thinks non-linear storytelling is the same as time travel, so just quit picking on him. Yeah. I did not think it was the same thing. I just used words in a weird way. It's how <laughs> things go with me sometimes. You just got to deal with it. Willie may not do time, but he does do News of the Week. Do I? Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the News of the Week. Welcome to the News of the Week. It's that part of the show where we run down in our minds what is some of the most interesting geeky and or nerdy news to have popped up here in the past week, and then talk about it on the internet and give our own really smart opinions because we're the smartest on here what's what's that look what's that look do you even believe that bullshit you just spoke i'm pretty sure (laughs) that you have a lot of well thought out great opinions on the current last of us game you're playing that you want to share with everyone and i'll prove you wrong oh well now's your chance (laughs) to try and prove me wrong let's toss things over to willie who wants to talk to us about the last of us part two Oh because really? I'm all right. Fine. We're just gonna you just gonna do that to me. Fine. We'll do this. And I'm just saying, not want to go uh, going first. Do no, it. I just did. I wasn't expecting this. Is all uncalled, uncalled, uncouth. Well, it's this. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, I will happily take my news to give you a few minutes to prepare some notes. No, I wasn't gonna prepare any kind of notes for this. <laughs> I was just gonna wing this, which is probably a bad idea. So you're complaining that I put you on the spot to wing what mm. you're already going to wing. Uh, you lost me on like the first three words. God damn it. <laughs> you know, Willie don't listen too good. All right, all right. I'm just messing with you. All right. So uh, pretty much I've gotten into a little bit of a game Friday when it came out. Uh, pretty much early, early Friday morning. It was released at midnight. But um, I was playing the uh, original game. Let's just jump into it. We're just talking about uh, Last of Us Part 2. A little game you might have heard of. Uh, I'm still saying the first game is one of the best story-driven games I've ever played. The best story in a game, I would say. Uh, just a good story overall. It beats a, a bunch of movies I've seen. I can tell you that much in some shows. But uh, like I said, I was playing the first game's multiplayer. Because I got a buddy of mine who said, Hey, you want to play the multiplayer for the first game for the second game comes out? I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good, great idea. And then... I was reminded how much you can start sucking when you haven't played a game in I don't even know how many years. Yeah. The multiplayer. Oh, my. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore at all. And this is just not coming out. Although, I did get a few kills. I was happy with that, surprisingly. Well done, sir. But, uh, crafting, moving around. But, uh, let's jump back into The Last of Us. So, ooh, this is still a story driven game and the story is still good. I think it, I'm pretty sure it takes place. No, it takes place four years after the game. So I guess it takes place in 2017. 
if my math is all working, no, 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 that can't be right. I'm going to say, no, it's 20 years after the fact. Oh, no, wait, it's in the future. I'm completely wrong. My math is all wrong. My mind is getting blown. <laughs> Willie, why were you trying to do math? Haven't we learned this lesson before? That- Hold on a second. All right. 2013 yeah, plus 20 is 2033. Yes. So I think this takes place in 2037 or 2038. Okay. But it all has the you know stuff still of like, you know, kind of current time still because, you know, bad stuff happened, you know, kind of like a cordyceps apocalypse. For those of you who don't know, cordyceps are an actual fungus that um, each strand can, uh, or it takes a certain strand to affect a certain animal, but the only ones we really know of are uh, affect an- uh, insects, mostly ants. Um, it pretty much, the spores get into their brain, makes them pretty much do what it was, uh, to spread the spores. It makes them climb up the highest stalk of grass they can find, clamp down their mandibles, and just let the spores grow out of it to spread to other ants and grow and grow and grow. So these are pretty much zombies, but um, done with cor- uh, pretty much a fungus that's uh, affecting the brain. That's how it's working. To give you a precept for that the first game. Zombie mushrooms. Pretty Zombies. much. So, uh, the, yeah, but this is... Sure, this is spoilers for a game that was came out seven years ago, so ooh. So this game picks up um, about four years after the original game. From what I've just seen, no spoilers, but just the time frame doesn't really matter. I'm, tr- I, I, I'm really trying to skirt around because I don't want to say any kind of spoilers or anything. <laughs> but the first thing I will mention is how beautiful this game is. Uh, Chris, can you help me out with that? I can help you out with that right now. I'm so sorry for you audio listeners. Um. So, one part of this game is the photo mode. I've been having a lot of fun time with it. Uh, All these uh, little screenshots are pretty much in-game. Usually, um, for the majority of them, are from, like, just playing the game and using the photo mode. Some of them are uh, during, like, the... Like, one or two of them are from the cutscenes. But they all use in-game cutscenes, pretty much. Is there any game that doesn't... Oh, yeah, some use pre-rendered, but doesn't matter. So as you're going through this, uh, just the, the the amount of detail in every scene as you're just moving through is amazing. Like the way the grass moves, and even, even just seeing the still image doesn't really do it justice enough because everything is alive and breathing and moving. So all this grass is just flowing, and it's just amazing. Um, but uh, although you know what else is also flowing the dynamic in this is the story, the s- details of the story, um, the way they tell a narrative without uh, it's like a little secondary like you find notes from other survivors and you find like you know a trail of you know you know stuff that people left like hey if you find this come here it's just a you find out whole stories about and kind of figure out what happened to these people as you're going through once again i'm trying not to say a whole lot because i don't want any spoilers to come through because this game deserves to be played along with the first one this picture i am really uh, a fan of here because i took this one myself as well during uh, an action shot uh, as i was getting chased down it's not easy to to remember to press those two buttons at the same time to go into photo mode when you're getting chased down by a clicker so for those who are listening on audio can you kind of describe what picture it is you're really proud of so uh, it's pretty much uh, my character uh your control of is of ellie which is on the right side right here in the uh the white and blue shirt and, and you got joel behind you uh you're both aiming down the sights to a clicker who is charging at you and a clicker 
pretty much is an um there's a couple of forms of the cordyceps that uh when affect of the infected the most basic like the just turn or like the runners they can run all over the place you know they they track you and they just pretty much try and get you to, to make you infected that is their goal uh and then the next step up was uh the clickers who pretty much their entire head got covered with the fungus so their eyes are no longer usable and um so they pretty much use echolocation to find you. They they click, they they make some weird sounds to hear like the reverberations. They can track you audibly. So that's very key when you're trying to sneak around them. They can't see your flashlights, but they can hear your footsteps for your tracking purposes. They're a little weird. And yeah, there are only three types of enemies or you know, of the infected in the first game, and of course also humans. But um, the third type in the game of the infected were called boomers, which were. The fungus is completely taken over. They're like, you know, big masses and they kind of throw spores out at you, uh, kind of like acid that eat away at you. So those are the three forms. There's a couple more in this game. They brought out the, of course, they brought out the old ones and they're bringing out some new ones, <clears throat> which is should be expected, I would believe. I don't think that'd be a spoiler, but that's just me thinking. But um, yeah, so the clickers are actually pretty uh, not fun to deal with, though. But what's also cool is you can pick up bottles of bricks and throw them, and they'll start following wherever you threw them at. So it's good to, once again, attention to detail. So <clears throat> I'm still going through the game. I'm probably about halfway through right now, and the story is still blowing my mind as we go through. Um, we find out about some um, religious crazy people. I, I'm only assuming. I don't, I don't know too much about it yet. This screenshot right here is um, of Ellie writing in a journal for something she found, some graffiti, uh, some uh, one of the symbols, and it says, feel her love. Uh, so it's some kind of religious type thing, because they all change their names to religious names, too. Like, uh, it's just, I don't know fully yet what's going on of this part, because it hasn't told me yet, but I'm sure I'm about to jump into it uh, from coming up soon. But yeah, these people, so there's two different factions you're kind of fighting off. You're not telling you why, because it's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, in this game, you also have to make some... You're not making moral choices, because it's story-driven. It's not make your choice. But the character, you can see, is going through some stuff. Especially in this what this picture, this screenshot um, is from. Uh, they make just some... Oh god, some questionable choices, and it, it it does affect the character. The writing is great, Neil Druckmann. You deserve something. Like if this doesn't win Game of the Year, I, I don't. Uh, they they better have some better stuff later on in the year. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, I'm next week. I'm going to have more where I'm not even going to care about the spoilers. You you should have some time. Maybe not. I don't know what I'm going to do with this because I don't want to spoil this game for anybody, and I don't think a week is good enough for that. It's probably what are, what are not. your thoughts? It's not. Yeah. Because how long should this game take for someone to play through all the way? I mean, have people already started saying online it took X hours for me to get through the story? I think they said 20, 25, 30 hours. I'm not sure. Yeah, you should probably give people more than a week then to get through it. Mm. And uh, one thing I will say, the photo mode, like with this picture right here, is uh, you can mess around with a lot of different like little, little, little things to make it just that little much more cooler looking. Uh, that's always fun. I will. I can't. I can definitely say that without spoilers. Yeah, photo mode is fun as hell. Just like in any of the other games, like Spider Man and all that stuff. They all do good. And there's even a PlayStation Vita uh, in here playing what looks to be Hotline Miami. That's what I was thinking it was. 
Yeah, I will say you do sneak up on an enemy who's playing it with earbuds so they don't ever hear you. <laughs> and when it goes out, and this is just me going cr- like crawling over to it and just trying to get as close as I can, take a picture and zooming into it. Oh, <laughs> uh, the sound effects too. And um, a little bit later on, when you're uh, going through the pictures, there is a PlayStation Three back in the, uh, so which is amazing because yeah, there it is right there. Which I thought the, that came out real looking really good too. Like, um, yeah, that is the PS3. My first PS3 is exactly what it looked like. Me too. Aha. Uh-huh. Even dust and all, because I'd never <laughs> dust anything. That's still me, because hey, I'm a bachelor. Do you really expect me to dust? So you've got a Vita yeah. and a PS3 in there. And they all came oh. out roughly the same time. Oh, man, I meant to grab my Vita over there, too, to show off exactly what it looks like. That's exactly a Vita, although it looks a lot cleaner. <laughs> yeah, so this game is very gorgeous. Um, story is very well done. The game mechanics are very well done. And there's a second part I also want to talk about. Uh, have you been hearing about the review bombing that's been going on? Um, starting off, uh, the Metacritic score is at a 95 for the, uh, critics, which are pretty good, but the user uh, score is down to what, uh, 3.2. I think I saw 3.5. It's gone up since I saw it because I saw there was review bombing going on and I don't know why. And like if I said in pre-show for those who are watching, I was kind of waiting to find out today because I assume Willie would have a little bit of background because I assumed this game would be captivating his entire life since he got it. Oh, it hasn't been doing that because I've been having to take my breaks because it is intense. Okay, fair. But um, I only have an idea because, of course, I don't know exactly why because I'm not in the head of these people who are doing it. Um, but what I'm guessing is, uh, let's just start off. You're, the main character you're playing as in this game is Ellie, who is like a side character. You know, you're, you're, you're pretty much your what do they call it in gaming? The the babies, not babysit. Uh, I can't remember what the in games they always call it. escort mission. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Thank you, God, brain. <clears throat> it was pretty much your escort mission for you know. And I did like how they did it, where pretty much your es- your your the other person it doesn't set all like if uh, like the enemies see them, they're like invisible to them pretty much because otherwise the AI is going to be running around, it's going to be making mistakes, and it doesn't want to make you be penalized for it, which is great and they're continuing that in this it just makes sense for a gameplay perspective but um yeah ellie the main character is uh i'm pretty sure she is uh gay and i'm guessing that's the reason why it's getting review bombed because people are going on the very hard anti-sjw uh format and i don't know i don't quite understand it myself i mean it's just a game with a story and just someone's sexual orientation. Who I guess people are upset by that. And they're like, oh, they're trying to force it down our throats. That's what they like, say every time there's a game that does something like that is because you made this choice. You're forcing it down our throats that this character's gay or this character is a person of color well, no, or this character is whatever. Play it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have, you don't have to play it. It's, that's all there is. You don't. You, it sounds like you don't want to listen to the story. So don't listen to well, the story. My favorite just, is also then the people are like, I'm not going to play because of this. I'm like, dude, it's not the airport. Don't have to announce your departure. Just leave. But I'm I'm so I'm assuming that's the reason I've I've heard, and I'm assuming that's why it is. It makes no sense, but the critics love it. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of it. I mean, I all that uh, anti. I don't really. It's not really affecting me at all. It's not really affecting the story a lot, like, you know, where it's like a big factor. I mean, it's a part of it, but it's not like it's like making like a spotlight on. It. It's just something that's happening. Kind of like, um, well, no one's going to get that reference. But, yeah, it's that's what it's doing. It's just it's a part of this what's going on in the story in life. 
And that's just what's going on and happening. Yeah, so there's an interesting article I saw here because I wanted to find out a little bit more about the review bombing like you'd been mentioning. And it was an article that a guy wrote up on Forbes. And let's see, uh, already Last of Us Part 2 has only been out for a few hours as of this writing, yet there's already a war raging over a Metacritic. The game is the newest battleground for user score bombing of major release, where it is a 3.4 out of 10 score as opposed to its 9.5 out of 10 critical score on top of the review uh, as one of the top reviewed games of this generation. I'm already seeing this game being used for ammo as, ah, oh, the critics are so out of touch with the mainstream already audience argument, but that's not what not what is happening here. For some context, Last of Us Part 2 has been out exactly seven and a half hours in the U.S. In some regions like Australia, it debuted late yesterday, but it's a 25 to 30 hour game. So unless people are doing blitzing speed runs and then immediately going to Metacritic to post angry 0 out of 10 reviews, these scores are made up of people who have either only a few hours into the game or more than likely have not purchased the game or played at all. Right now, half a day into the release in some regions, The Last of Us 2 has amassed 5,015 user scores. For comparison, Last of Us 1 had 9,628 total scores for its entire lifespan. Obviously, something is fishy going on here. Here, uh, so the author says, why are people review bombing the game? There's three main reasons. Number one, the game's prominent use of LGBT characters. Uh, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Uh, you might be getting some spoiler territory because I read that same article and I stopped right there. I was like, oh God, I hope they're not about to spoil something. So be careful. It doesn't look like they say part they're, They said the next line is something I'm like, wait, what? So I don't know if something might get shifted because I don't want to no, be spoiled so, about anything. Uh, so I haven't played, but I can read this and say this isn't a spoiler because they're just giving context and saying, point to the story. I know that context might be something about someone of the characters and that's something I even I was like oh why did I read that I wish I didn't read that so this, this isn't going to give anything away I don't think when they say the spoilers for the game leaked out ahead of time were context free many people did not like the plot turns that were revealed so people didn't like what came out in the leaked version of the game so they're going to review bomb it pretty and, much and then point three perhaps some who have played the game's initial hours don't like the game albeit scoring it a zero out of ten for clunky controls after a few hours seems extreme the author says, I do not recommend you read user reviews. They are full of spoilers. He does not think that it's an organized campaign because any time that's being run on here, but who knows? But yeah, there's obviously something going on. If critics like a game that much and other outlets have reviewed it that don't put like scores to their reviews anymore, but pretty much say, hey, we recommend it. And think it's really good. And are all saying that. And you're getting overloaded with user review scores that all sound kind of the same, that are all like zeros. Come on. Something fishy is going on here. I do want to apologize for my mass jumbled of words earlier. This is all still just rambling around in my brain from what forty-eight <laughs> hours of playing. Oh wow! Or not, 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 not of playing not game time, but you know, of since I started it. So this is interesting. They didn't update. Uh, this author didn't update on six twenty-one, which is today. Forty-eight hours after launch, I figured it was time to check in to see how the story was progressing, and things have escalated. Last of Us Part 2 has now ballooned from 5,000 user reviews to 38,000, score rising slightly to 3.6 out of 10 instead of 3.4 out of 10 when I was first reporting. A day ago, this drew a wink and a nod tweet from game director Neil Druckmann, who posted about all the review user reviews, albeit snipping out the score, saying, Oh man, in just a few hours, we have done almost double the number of user reviews for Last of Us Part 2 than the first game received in seven years. Love that passion and did a kissing face emoji right after that. That's... It's pretty expert level trolling back. And once again, I've, I've always said this. Don't look at a number for a review. The score, the score, the number doesn't matter. What really matters is the words in the review. 
That's yes. what matters. We've gotten to a point where the score doesn't necessarily matter. And that's why I've been pretty happy to see some outlets like Kotaku and Polygon and stuff like that. They don't give it a number score anymore at the end. They just give it a recommendation. If here's, here's things we liked about it. Here's things we didn't. We recommend you play the game or things like that. That is the way to start doing things. Scores are so arbitrary and they're shaped by your view of things at that time. Like your How review of so? Last of Us Part 3, well, as soon as you beat the game, is probably going to be excuse me, part two would be different than say two years later when you go back and replay the game because other things will have happened in that time. And what has happened in that time will reshape your expectations of what that game should be. But a simple statement of, Hey, here's what I liked, what I didn't like and whether I'd recommend you play it. I doubt that is going to change as drastically over an extended time span. Uh, like the example with this game that I'm playing last was part two for its story. Now it could have some problems with its, you know, the gameplay combat and all that. That's not why I'm playing. I'm playing it for the story mostly. That do, the the gameplay mechanics do take a factor in it, but they're going to affect my, you know, my overall outcome of the game, whether I like it or not, a lot less than the story of itself. That that should help you in, with my mindset. That's fair. It's interesting. I still need to play the first one. It's uh, sitting next to my PS4 as one of my PS4 games I need to play. Okay. Oh, I would highly recommend it just because the store. Oh, the story. I picked it up <sighs> when it was on sale on Amazon for like eight bucks for a copy of it. So it's just been sitting in shrink wrap next to my PlayStation since then. You got a great deal. I know. I'm gonna say I got the remastered one for free from PlayStation Plus. Well, that's the one Chris has, right? Yeah. PS4. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it came I, out for the PS4, it's the remastered edition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did the intro scene. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff yeah, I, I, I do make people play that first little <laughs> segment that you played, Bachman. That first like yeah. fifteen minute segment. It's about fifteen minutes. Um, then that gets people hooked. Like that. That's just the story of that. Like you can watch. Uh, you can watch people like uh, YouTubers uh, react to it, or like people showing them react, and you just see their face. Like they they get an emotional impact, and that's what I'm trying to get out of this game. Is that emotional impact? That's what I'm trying to get out of most, and I've gotten that. A lot so far. Not as much as the first one, so but I have not finished this game, so I can't really, you know, compare it directly right now. That's fair. But it sounds like you've been enjoying yourself. Very much so. And, I, and my eyes are just melting away with some of the graphics and how it just looks. Yeah, it does look pretty. The pictures you shared, they all look really good. Oh, and those are all, of course, from a PlayStation 4 Pro, I should say. Just in case that matters. Mm. It makes a slight difference. Yeah, yeah, my No Man's Sky pictures are a hell of a lot more detailed now on my PS4 Pro. They were gorgeous before, but yeah, now it's even crazier. And I am, of course, playing on a uh, 4K HDR TV, and it does take full effect of that. Yeah, I bet some of the lighting effects are really cool because of the HDR. See, I'm not sure if you guys are seeing the same image that I see on my screen TV from when I shared. I don't know if it compresses the quality I th- or anything. I think most of the... I thought they compressed most of the images when they were taken, unless you had your settings set up to do native 4K captures or whatnot. I don't know how you've got your PlayStation configured. I, I think I do go through like uh, just options and see what I can play around with every now and then. Um, with that one, I'm not sure if I saw that option. It's not ringing a bell. If, if it was there, I, might, I probably did. I'm not sure if that option was there or it just does it. I don't know. So I was just trying to do a quick Google to see what it would do. It doesn't really say. I, I don't know. I know your video that you, if you record video, is capped. I don't think it gives you 4K video, but I'm not 100% sure. I can understand that, though, because 
yeah. 4K video to save on a system that has limited memory. Yeah. Memory. And like if you're streaming to Twitch, it's obviously not going to let you do 4K video because Twitch doesn't want you to blow up their servers with everyone streaming 4K. <laughs> uh, fine. That's why I was just streaming Jackbox in 720. Well, Willie, I don't think your internet could support you streaming in 4K up. Well, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would blow up your internet if you tried. Something's going to blow up. Probably my head. That's possible. So we talked about one of the best games released so far. Willie was saying he was going to be really shocked if it didn't get game of the year. One of the games that many people think will be a competitor to Last of Us 2 in game of the year has been a Cyberpunk 2077, which CD Projekt Red Ooh. is working on, which has been promised for a while now, but the company has a notorious reputation of not releasing a game until they think it's ready why do i mention that because the launch of cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed again from september 17th to november 19th they posted a press release in a tweet on the 18th of june i believe it was and i'm not going to read the whole thing but they said pretty much the same thing they've said before ready when it's done it's not just a phrase we say because it sounds right it's something we live by even when we know we'll take the heat for it and they do have a reputation for only releasing when they think games are ready. They said in the release, at this time we are writing these words, Cyberpunk 2077 is finished both content and gameplay wise. The quests, the cutscenes, the skills and items, all adventures Night City has to offer, it's all there. But with such an abundance of content and complex systems interwe interweaving with each other, we need to properly go through everything, balance game mechanics and fix a lot of bugs. A huge world means a huge number of things to iron out and we will spend the additional time doing that. I personally am okay with this. But also bear in mind, I have a huge back catalog, so it's not like I have to play Cyberpunk 2077 immediately. <laughs> I've got other things that can fill the gap. But this is the right approach to take, I think, versus having a day one patch that's 20 gigs. Now, granted, that's still going to be the case because I'm sure the discs go to print sooner than later. But not having to fix mission-critical bugs the first week a game is out or something like that. Let's talk Mass Effect Andromeda, things like that. This is a big Wait, deal. did they got fixed? Are they fixed Andromeda something. got fixed? Yeah, yeah, they fixed stuff <laughs> later. Uh, like Batman Arkham Origins, where they just decided, no, yeah. we're not going to fix any of the problems with this game because it's not worth it to us. So there's game-breaking bugs still in that game since it came out that they never fixed. This is the right approach to take. I I'm totally on board with this. And what they also mentioned in this press release is that they've already started to give review copies out to some journalists and things like that who are getting early impressions and early reviews out on the game. So I'm really cautiously optimistic and excited to see some of the early buzz that comes out about this game and just how good it is because it looks really good. It looks engrossing. It looks beautiful. And I've got a second news point I'll touch on in a second in this that is also further reinforcing why I think anytime CD Projekt Red puts out a game, it's going to have to be something I consider buying. And let's be honest, a lot of people also love Witcher 3, also CD Projekt Red. I haven't played a ton of it. I think it's fun. I got a free copy of it for my PC, which was kind of cool, too. But yeah, I don't think I've played any of their games, but yeah, Cyberpunk does look really, really good. I mean, like, it looks great. It's Keanu, too, so that'll be fun. And Keanu. Yeah. The cat? The, yeah, yes. exactly. But I and think he's got a silver arm this time. They're taking a stance that a lot of developers and publishers aren't taking right now, which is, oh, we got to get the game out to meet our date. Whereas their thought is, we got to get the game out when the game is ready. And it's refreshing from a game enthusiast point of view. I can't necessarily call myself a gamer because I don't get to play as much as I would like. Those days have passed. I'm more of a hobby gamer now. I fully admit that. But 
I'm... Whoa, what does a hobby gamer mean? I have to ask for more of a clarification well, of that I terminology. I, I, I was thinking in terms of like amateur, I was thinking hobby podcaster versus like person who podcasts for money. And I tried to apply that same definition here and that may not work in hindsight. Yeah, so I'm I'm about to say, how many people out. are professional gamers? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out to me. In my head, it made sense. As I said it, I can realize where there'd be some confusion. But as someone who is a part-time gamer how about we put it that way i it's not like it was when i was younger where i'd get out of school be it college or high school or whatever and i'd just play video games all night and stuff like that i can't do that anymore and even if i could yeah. i don't know that i would because there's some games it's just exhausting to try and play for extended periods i mean will you talked about in last of us you had to take breaks and stuff like that well that's because the story was so intense i had to take well, a little break i mean you can't just watch you can't just um binge watch all of hannibal and be all right can yeah, you i don't think so you can but it might damage your psyche i said yeah. and be all right yeah i just watched the first three episodes because they finally put it on netflix and that's a show that i started watching when it was on nbc and then fell off just not catch on the right nights i was like oh all of hannibal's on netflix i could watch the whole thing now i got like three episodes and i was like okay i need to go right. watch the league yeah. like i need something funny <laughs> this shit is dark <laughs> so one thing they did mention in this press release in Cyberpunk 2077 is the initial, the excuse me initial press previews will start publishing on June 25th. So we'll have some previews out of the game, and I'm sure there'll be some gameplay footage and stuff that comes out that'll give us a better idea of what it's going to be like, what the world is like, what the gameplay is like. Everything I've seen, I'm intrigued on. I've had this game pre-ordered since oh two years ago, I think it was, and I know Willie's like, don't pre-order. This was back before yeah. Amazon. This was right as Amazon was shutting off their 20% pre-order bonus for Prime subscribers. So Cyberpunk 2077 was available on there, and I pre-ordered it like the day before they took away the 20% discount for Prime subscribers. So I've had it pre-ordered over two years now at this point in time, I think. So Amazon randomly sends me emails. Oh, Cyberpunk's delayed. I still have Metroid Prime 3 pre-ordered from that time frame right before they uh, shut down. Mean 4? Yeah, sorry. Metroid Prime 4. Ah. Thank you, Willie. Uh, one other thing I did want to mention on Cyberpunk 2077 is that CD Projekt Red had said right after Microsoft announced their smart delivery capability for the Xbox Series X that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 would be supported by that. And what that means is if you bought the game on your Xbox One, you would then pretty much get a free upgrade on the Series X for visuals and enhanced graphics, things like that. There had been some questions of, ooh, what's going to happen with... Uh, playstation 5 in that regard because nobody really heard anything we know the game's coming out ps4 xbox one as the release date gets pushed back we might have next gen consoles out the same time this game drops the question came up hmm what's going to happen cd project red did confirm this last friday it will be compatible on ps5 and xbox series and the xbox series x at launch when those next gen consoles deploy on Twitter, they said, we are happy to confirm that Cyberpunk 2077 will be backwards compatible with both next-gen consoles. Your PS4 copy of the game will work on PS5 on launch day. Anyone who buys the game on Xbox One will be able to play their copy on Xbox Series X when the console launches too. They continued and said, a later upgrade to Cyberpunk 2077 taking full advantage of next-gen hardware will be available for free. They didn't say when that would drop, but they will put an update out after the new consoles drop, we already knew they'd be doing it for the Xbox, but now they're doing it for the PS5 as well to support enhanced gameplay. And we did see the EAs doing the same thing with a bunch of their sports games this time around too. Now, Willie, I know you have issues 
with the term with the wording. Yes, I do too. It doesn't necessarily make sense because it, it doesn't be make forwards sense. compatibility or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not backwards yeah. capable. PS4 is not backwards capable to PS5 because that four is before. It's Maybe just, they're saying the PS5 sense. is backwards just compatible, compatible with the PS4 game. Well, is, well, 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 they're also just saying that the, it's going to be like it's going to be the graphic. It's going to be like the PS5 version. Is it one if you buy well, one, you're gonna get yes, the other? Is what you you're will saying, get right? that later. They did not say when the PS5 or the Xbox Series X versions of the game would be coming, would be dropping because they are. And I'm saying, price. and I'm probably guessing they're not saying that because there's no release date yet. My guess is you're probably right. That realistically, a lot of the visuals they're doing for the PC copy of the game, a lot of that work I'm guessing can be reused for PS5 and the new Xbox because the hardware is pretty similar to some of those massive gaming rigs and stuff that are out there now i'm just happy from a consumer standpoint that they're delaying a game for a reason we've come to trust which is they make good games they don't want to release it with it broken and arguably probably don't want to get review bombed and they're giving everyone who buys a next gen console the free upgrade so that you don't have because remember we talked about this a couple shows back when they went from like ps3 to ps4 and xbox one or Xbox 360 to Xbox One, if you bought, say, one of the sports games, it was, oh, if you want to play it on your new Xbox, you better just buy the new version of the game because they weren't backwards compatible, things like that, those games. Yeah, it always sucks around, like, the the six to eight months around the launch of the new consoles where the game's coming out. It's like, well, maybe I don't want to buy the very first model of the new PlayStation because, like, the first three out of Japan always have bugs, and so I want to wait and get, like, version four or five. Which you get, you know, six, eight months in when they, you know, tweak the hardware, make little tiny changes. But it's like, well, if I if a game's coming out during that launch window and I get it for my old system, then I won't be able to play it on my new system when I buy the new system. So then I have to wait and not get the game until the new system comes out. Like, yeah, that shit's annoying. The idea of being able to buy the game, play it on your system, your current system, and then get the upgrade when the new system comes out, that's awesome. But the thing is, we also live in a slightly different world now, where PS5 and the new Xbox are backwards compatible to all games of this generation. That's not how it was in the previous upgrade. True, true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's less of a problem now, where if Willie bought Game X that he really loves on his PS4 and the PS5 launches a week later, he doesn't have to keep both consoles in his entertainment center to play that. He can just put the disc in his PS5 and play it same thing if you're an xbox gamer things like that this is how we've changed from how it used to be in gaming for the most part disc i'm all digital baby yeah i was gonna say so then yeah so then the question becomes how backwards compatible are the digital games you own on the playstation network why wouldn't they be they said all ps4 all of those well you can play you do but it's not necessarily you're you're not necessarily getting a patch to upgrade it to the enhanced visuals and things like that. They've made a big point of saying it is backwards compatible with all PS4 games. Hmm. So they're not really having to... It's not like what Microsoft had to do to re-engineer original Xbox games to make them play on the Xbox One. They're yeah. natively backwards compatible, is my Which is what it's... Uh, that's the, the PlayStation 2 problem with the cell shading. PS3. With the cell Was processor. it PS3? Yeah. Cell processor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I knew it was one of the PlayStations had a, had a the, totally uh, different system from everything else. Yeah. The PS2 had a, an emotion, emotion engine, is what they called it in that one. And there were some mm-hmm. PS3s that had a chip in it that allowed you to backwards have backwards compatibility with PS2 and PS1. Nope, 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 nope. The uh, the first batch of PS3s had a pretty much a PS2 in it. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> That's how it. Okay. Yes. That, that's pretty much how it emulated it, but then they stopped that really quickly. 
I think I was only with the 20 gigabyte model and the 60 gigabyte model. And I think there was an 80 gigabyte model that came out with Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. I want to say, and that one was backwards capable with the PS2. All PS3s are PS1 backwards capable. They can play PS1 games, guaranteed. Okay. Not all of them can play PS2 games. Right. So it's been a problem before in the past. And that doesn't matter what console you like. You couldn't play. well, actually, you could do GameCube games on the Wii, now that I think about it. Yes, you could. Yeah, you could do GameCube on it, but if you went from Wii U to Switch, none of that stuff would work, because obviously new discs and things like that. And your digital games don't carry over, which is the real annoying thing if you're a Wii U gamer who went to the Switch. Is, oh, thanks for spending this money. Now these games that you bought digitally, they'll just sit on your Wii U until it dies. You can't move it to anything just- else. That was just Nintendo wanting more money. It's like, yeah, we know you bought it for the Wii, but you can rebuy it again for the Wii U because they don't transfer over. Why not? They're your games, your first party games. Why can't you just say they transfer over? Why can't you do that? And that's the thing that I really like that Microsoft and Sony have been doing is putting an effort to saying, hey, you've bought a you've bought a game, you can play it. We don't care. We'll keep making sure it runs. And that's actually one of the big marketing things that Xbox was pushing on was that yeah. We're only we're gonna have these X games that come out at launch, but here consider the whole back catalog, which is every Xbox 360, every uh, Xbox One game, and I want to say it's probably like third to a half of the original Xbox games are all backwards compatible, playable on the new Xbox. Nice. It's an interesting it's an interesting maneuver. The the real question is how much does it matter to most gamers? And my guess is to most gamers they're not going to care because they're more interested in what's the new flashy thing I want to play, whereas there's some folks like, I want nostalgia, I want to play this game. Oh, sweet, I can put it in my new Xbox, or my new PS5, and it runs and plays. Awesome. I don't have to dig I my mean, PlayStation 1 out of storage or wherever the hell I shoved it. I mean, I would love if I could put in any of these uh, PS3 games, just put them in there, or some of these PS2 games. I would love to put in there and play, but I can't right now because I don't have a system to play it. And that would be... See, that's where I think it could get interesting, is we know that Sony's bought their... has. Uh, what is their cloud play stuff they bought from Gaikai was the company? I can't remember. Yeah, Gaikai. Um, uh, they pretty much just the PS now is what they turned yeah. into that. That would be they interesting that. if they put something out that was basically, yeah, we know you're going to want to play your PS3 games. It's put the disc in. It spins the disc to make sure you actually own it. And then, for lack of a better term, you have a digital copy you can play off their cloud servers or something like that that streams back down to your box. That would be cool. I mean, that was part mm-hmm. of what they were thinking about doing with those PS3 games to make them playable on PS4. I just don't know how far they got with it well, well we can see not that far yeah, <laughs> i i got a ps3 in my bedroom and i've got like eight games i still haven't played on that fucking system <laughs> that's the only system you can play it on too so and that's why, that's I'm not, that's why i didn't get rid of it yeah i had to get another one i got the first red dead redemption sitting in there saran wrapped i haven't played the oh, first one <laughs> i remember that i haven't played the second one but i do play the first one that was fun times i was fired up for once in a while to play more infamous i just fucking love that game that is also a fun it's game. It's a fun game. I thought they re-released it for PS4, or am I thinking? No, that no, no, they had a sequel. Or yes, there's oh, Infamous okay. One and Two for the PS3. The Infamous Second Son, which is the third one in the game. Why is it called Second? Yep. And then yeah, Infamous it was First our Light story. Yeah. Which is like a little standalone yeah, little DLC. It's the, kind of it's, the, it's the female character with the neon powers that you meet in Second Son. It's like her origin game. Okay. Yeah, Second Son was great. Yeah, does it give you neon, concrete, um, well, concrete fire, and ash? Well, yeah, but still, I got them all. Yeah, I don't even like know how to it, get it back. The oh, abilities oh. in that game are fun. Yeah, I wish they could have done more with it looking back, but I get it. 
That's fair. But that was my news this week. It was that CD Projekt Red doing right by gamers everywhere. I and I will agree. It is a uh, game of the year uh, contender, even though we haven't seen anything of it really. Well, but, uh, and like I said, the 25th, the- as we record this four days away, is when the in the initial media reviews and then first impressions start coming out. So this could be interesting. Well, I was going to say the predecessors before it, uh, the Witcher series and other games they've done have said anything. They they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're going to put they're they're going to put their heart into it, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're mad about them delaying it, it's okay in this extent to be mad and upset that you wanted to play it, but don't be mad that they're taking the right stance and saying we don't want to put it out until it's ready. That's the right stance, and that's what we want people to do in the industry. I mean. Do you really want like every two weeks an eighty gig update like Call of Duty Call has? <clears throat> yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't cough it out. I'm sa- I'm calling them right out. Oh yeah, like, it's absolute horseshit. Why shit. are the updates so big? Every so often, like you're not mm, just mm-hmm. uh, just bypass me. I'm too. I'm did too you hear? Upset. Did you hear Willie just shut down? His I heard rage, his brain turn off. His rage <laughs> shut him down. I'm upset. It's, it's aggravating. Like, why do people still put money into it? Uh, I don't understand. I get it, Willie. I really do. But uh, that wraps up my news story. Bachman, what do you got for us for news this week? Uh, along with uh, game systems giving us stuff that we want, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? Uh, no Man's Sky finally announced that they were doing crossplay. So uh, PC, Xbox, and PS4 users... Uh, now you can run into each other in the galactic hub. You can run into each other in the space anomaly. Everybody can visit each other's games and bases. There's been all sorts of people sharing, you know, uh, glyphs, uh, glyphs you use to teleport throughout the, the known galaxies in no man's sky. And it's been awesome because basically everybody can play together and following suit with that. Um, after the huge, um, uh, the, the Sony update. Uh, EA did their big update this week, and part of that was the update coming for Apex Legends, which involved all sorts of shit. The The new collection event is called Lost Treasures, where they're adding more uh, like steampunk and badass like jewelry-themed costumes to a new event that's coming through. They have added in the uh, next heirloom for Mirage, which is actually a little gold statue of Mirage. So he literally whacks people in the fucking head with a statue. That's his weapon nice and it's it's perfect because like it literally like it shows in the video like he flips it up and there's a switch on the bottom and like it has like a song and then like fireworks like it's it's perfectly mirage and after the buff he just got it looks you know it's just gonna be so more the most fitting item he could have as an heirloom so yeah it looks really great um my favorite my main uh lifeline is finally getting the buff that tons of us have wanted for a while where apparently it shows her now run up uh, in one of the sequences they showed from the game, a Bangalore has been shot and she's down. Lifeline runs up, puts Doc in front of her. Doc actually starts resing her and throws up the shield. And then Lifeline goes around the shield and starts shooting the Gibraltar that had knocked down Bangalore. So Lifeline no longer has to stand there and actually do the resurrection. You can drop your Doc down. Doc will do the res and you can guard your teammate while you're resing them, which is an awesome buff which will finally make um, Lifeline get back up into the higher tiers again for like the rank plays and stuff, possibly just because the ability to actually res while firing is going to be crazy because no one else in the game can do that. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that change. Everything else they're adding to Crypto Town Takeover, um, updates to the map, all this other stuff. And along with that, they announced that Apex Legends is coming to Steam. 
And then they said, well, not just Steam. It's coming to uh, cross-play across PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and Origin. So now all five places will be available to have Apex Legends, which is a free-to-play game. And all five of them will be available for cross-play. So basically, Q should never take more than two seconds from now on. Because there's going to be everybody cross-playing together, which it's going to be weird to see what happens with some of those crazy motherfucking PC players in the Apex Predator lobbies going up against what were the you know the best PS4 players and the best Xbox players. Trying to see what happens in those high-tier ranked lobbies. Because now, I think if you get within the top 5,000 on your system, they actually have them numbered. Like as you're, if you're an apex predator, like if you're number four Oh seven of all the PS4 players, it actually has that on your account. So you can tell how high you are when you get to apex predator, you actually have a number. And so it's going to be weird to see now. Okay. So now if they're all the apex predators are playing together, do you keep your number on your system? Like, how does that work? Cause it's, Maybe it's a different how... color for different systems or something going forward. I don't know. Could be what I would be curious yeah. to see is, are they going to limit it to be like, Hey, I only want to play with console gamers or I only want to play with PC gamers, stuff like that because mouse and keyboard versus controller. There's a difference there in a lot of people's eyes. There is. There is a difference with that, especially yeah for a first person shooter. Right. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, everybody's been asking for all this shit for a while. And now it seems like Sony's finally backing down on their, we don't want to play with everybody fucking thing. And like we're getting it, we're getting we got crossplay on No Man's Sky. We're getting crossplay on Apex Legends. Like it's coming out. I mean, I'm kind of hoping you know once the you know the new systems come out at the end of this season, you know it might be nice if you know just every game fucking was able to play with everybody all the time. Like or there wasn't console exclusive DLC and crap like that. Uh, that you're still gonna get because I mean, you're still gonna have different contracts between Sony and one company yeah, and Microsoft and another company. I'm but not, I'm not a destiny. Yeah, it needs gamer, to go away. But- you can only get this gun if you play on PS4. What? That's stupid. Yeah. Come on. Eh. Some of that stuff, I mean, I, I kind of liked it when it used to be like, like what was it? Soul Calibur. It's like, hey, if you buy the game on this system, you get this character. If you buy the game on this system, you get this character. Like, I actually kind of like this. It's like, hey, I'm always going to get the PlayStation version. Which character do I get? Like, I always kind of liked it when they did an added thing that went to each system and it was different. So it differentiated your game, but it also you still got the same main game. Yes. I don't know. I, I always kind of like stuff like that. But yeah, so crossplay is coming, and hopefully, you know, it, 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 all the all the big kids keep sharing well. It'll it'll become a thing of the past where you couldn't play with your friends on different systems. So you know, if we keep heading down this path, and as long as you know there's not giant problems, I don't see why all of these systems can't work together anyways. Because basically, they're just a bunch of fucking computers. So. They're all just different computers with a different, you know, gamer tag system. But yeah, at it's some point, well, yeah, they all need to one play them, together. Because one of them speaks Finnish and the other one speaks Taiwanese, and they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't communicate back and forth. Like, oh, yeah. so we, we got a new event coming on Tuesday. We got new skins, all the other stuff, heirlooms, all that fun stuff. And then, um, actually, uh, spur of the moment news. I just saw something pop up on Twitter from a couple hours ago. Um, AEW is getting wrestling figures. Yeah, they announced that. They just announced a six pack. Oh, they actually have photos of them now. Yeah, they look good. They showed them off at one of the cons before everything got shut down. I hadn't seen it. It's yeah, I just saw it pop up on the Twitter. But yeah, they actually got Brandy, Jericho, the Young Bucks, Rick and Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega all each have action figures now. That is fucking awesome. 
<laughs> yep, that was my news of the week. More Apex. That's cool. Um, trying to think, was there anything else we need to bring up news-wise that was outside of our news of the week bit? I have no idea what goes on in the world because I never leave my house uh, anymore, so I'm terrible to know these things. Mark Hamill's in all the Star Wars movies except the prequels. He was in Rogue One. He announced on Twitter he does at least a voice or something in every Star Wars movie besides the prequels. Interesting. Yeah, he said he's a voice in Rogue One. He's a voice in Solo. He also he's did something in, in uh, Mandalorian, if I remember reading something I saw on Twitter yes, correctly. That was what had just come out. And so on top of that, he announced on his Twitter, yes, I've actually been in all the Star Wars movies except the prequels. Nice. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Did, so that means he did, that was a new recording line for uh, Solo? Or was that just a recaptured from a previous movie? Luke wasn't in Solo. He was probably doing the voice of something else. Yeah, well, he probably, said he was in it. But no, Mark Hamill just apparently there's a I can't remember the name. There's a name that apparently he did some work under that was like voice line work, and they apparently didn't say it was him. Also, he wasn't doing Luke. He was doing no, like no. He wasn't voice. doing okay. Luke, but he was okay. doing a voice or something. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. wasn't him playing Luke Skywalker, but he's actually done a voice in all the movies. That's where I got a little. Yeah, because what I had seen, in- what I had seen was he did a voice in the fifth episode of Mandalorian. It was the headline yeah. I had seen. They yeah, couldn't bring him and do a voice in the prequels. Now that I think about it, why couldn't they do that? Oh, I mean, George could have. Oh, let's see. Here it is. Yeah. So George Hamill himself had a secret voice cameo in the Mandalorian season one as the droid bartender EV 99. And it says, do you have more secrets, Mark? And they add, sent that to him on Twitter. And he said, now that the Mandalorian secret is out, might as well reveal I am vocally represented in all Star Wars films except the prequels. Thanks to Matt the Wood for using me in Rogue One, Solo, and the sequels. So I do have lines in episode seven. Hint, look for parts played by Patrick Williams. Hashtag true story. That's so cool. apparently he's credited as somebody named Patrick Williams and it's a fake name. I mean, it makes sense because Mark Hamill is an incredibly talented voice actor. So if he wants to do something and, and use his voice talents, why not? And he's a giant nerd. Yeah. You know, he would do most of this shit for free at this point. <laughs> I just enjoy the fact that Mark Hamill almost always seems like he's having fun with the stuff he's involved yes. with. He finds a way, even if it might be a terrible experience, he finds a way to have fun with it. It seems. Yeah, like. I watched that one like uh, like it wasn't like a slasher movie, it was like a thriller that he was in where he killed people. Like that boy does some crazy shit in movies when he's not being Luke Skywalker. So, and yeah, he always looks like he's having fun. He's the goddamn trickster. Come on. And the Joker and the, and the Goblin jo- and all sorts of things. <laughs> I mean, incredibly talented voice actor that yeah, a lot of people, his voice works great. a lot of people are like Mark Hamill didn't do anything after star Wars. And you're like, no, no, Mark Hamill did a lot. He just wasn't doing yeah. film. He was doing voice acting. Yeah. Mark Hamill was typecast after star Wars, but he kept working. Motherfucker's been working. Wait, 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 wait. That voice act didn't start up till the 90s, though, didn't it? I thought it was in the 80s. I don't know. For There's a little thing called IMDb. Let's look and see what his uh, That's true. filmography is before we transition and start shutting things down. This is riveting live television or whatnot <laughs> for folks. I'm sure. You know what else is riveting? What's that, Willie? Putting together a plane because you have to rivet those little spockets in right into place and they have to be Spockets? flush. Yep, Spockets I said what in? I said. Spockets. Mark and Hamill then, has 347 actor credits in IMDb right now. Like I said, he'd been working. Yeah. And of course, I remember from a movie in the early 90s called The Giver. Yeah. I still I'm yeah. scrolling now and I just now got to the late 90s. I've been scrolling, <laughs> scrolling. All right. So 
1977, Star Wars. Let's see. Empire Strikes Back in the 80s. Return of the Jedi in 83. He did Amazing Stories, the TV series. Ooh, I did like that. Hooperman TV series. The Flash in 1991. So there was a little bit of a gap. In the late 80s, he was doing some weird TV movies and TV series one-off things. And a couple English uh, voice version for dub movies. And then 91... The Flash, 92, Prince Valiant. Uh, then 93, Biker Mice from Mars is a voice actor. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> love that show. <laughs> Little Mermaid TV series. He was the voice of uh, Zeus. Sebastian. Christian Anderson. <laughs> Let's see. That's 93. 93, The Joker. Yeah, so really it was between Return of the Jedi and The Trickster, things quieted down a little bit where he was doing TV and uh, voice acting on dubs of movies. And then you get into the early 90s, and then his voice acting career took off, it seems like. So I don't think yeah, he there's... was that inactive. He was in the Fantastic Four animated series, too, which is hot garbage. Yeah, there's no point where he went more than, like, three years without an IMDb credit. So he was always doing something. He did Sequest? Damn. Plus, you got to figure all that time right post the last Star Wars film of the original trilogy. All he was doing was talk shows, guest appearances. Yeah. Like, he had just starred in three of the biggest movies in the history of film. He was just in Hollywood having fun. And he was doing video games and stuff, too, because he did the Wing Commander games. And at that point, he was, what, like, in his late 20s, early 30s, and had a billion dollars in his pocket and was one of the most recognizable humans on the planet. Like, he was just hanging out in Hollywood having a blast. Gambling. And yeah, Yeah. And still was working. Yeah. It seems like he disappeared, but he really didn't. Yeah, Which is probably the best it. way to do it. Exactly. Yeah, just a lot of it was voiceover work. Yeah, I mean, just looking through his IMDb here, I just now got the 2000 as I was scrolling back up. I mean, he's been yeah, his, hella busy. His IMDb is 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 solid. It's There's so many credits. Like, now, it's he, ridiculous. He may not have been doing a ton of big movies and stuff like that, but he was still in the industry is what it came down to. Yep. Yeah, the Guyver wasn't, you know, cracking box office records, but it was a movie. And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know enough to say whether this is accurate, but I would think that it's probably less stressful overall to be doing like voiceover work than having to be on set, traveling to wherever production is for movies and stuff like that, because you can do voiceover work from home or from a recording studio just down the road and stuff like that. So you don't necessarily have to miss as much with your family. Maybe that was some of his consideration. I don't know. Well, that and anytime you show up on set and you're Mark Hamill. Everybody on that set needs to meet Luke Skywalker. I want to meet Cockknocker, not Luke Skywalker. I'll see. <laughs> but I mean, that that probably takes a toll and wear and tear on your daily life when every time you leave the house, every person wants to meet you and say hi to you because you are one of the most famous people on the planet. So going to a studio back lot and then going into a voiceover booth where no one can see you is probably a lot easier. Just, you know, physical stress-wise. Yeah. I mean, that's just us guessing. None of us have yeah. walked a mile in Mark Hamill's shoes. Let's be honest here. Uh, excuse me. I paid $326 on eBay oh, to get those God. shoes and then did. had to customize them to fit my foot. And you goddamn right. I walked 3.2 miles in them and then I put them up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Fuck you, Chris, for assuming that shit. I apologize, Willie. I should not have assumed. And to... uh. To make you feel better, I'm going to say we're going to start wrapping up the show. And we'll wrap things up with a little segment called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date 
just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe just maybe you'll want to go check some of those out yourselves i'll kick things off and say uh yeah i haven't touched a video game in a week just because i got distracted with other random things i've been reading some comics i've been ripping a bunch of my dvds that i legally own to put into my plex server and i've been re-watching community because hot damn i forgot how much i love that show and i forgot how good season six was because i'd only watched season six once when it was on yahoo and I just finished my rewatch of season six and it's really good. And just like when I watched the finale the first time, the second time gutted me a little bit because the whole thought of Jeff kind of being like, I never wanted to be here, but now all my friends are leaving me here. And just the way Joel McHale did it, I was like, oh, th- this hurts. Or he's like, I'm I'm stuck here and everyone, almost everyone I loved has left now. And I was just like, oh, this this one. Yeah, hurts. It- he did a little acting there at the end. Yeah, uh, Joel McHale's pretty good. I mean, the, the whole cast that's been on Community, though, they've had an incredible group of actors. And especially when you go and look at what everyone's been doing since, they've had an incredible group. Yeah, that, that show kind of blew up. Did you see uh, the, the script read with uh, Pedro Pascal? Yes, it was hilarious. And then Pedro Pascal did the Darkest Timeline podcast right after that, and it was also a really fun listen. Nice. Yeah, the fact that he couldn't say container of sperm was the best part. Yeah. There's a part of me that is hoping probably hopelessly that because of all the buzz and the trending aspect of community since it went back to Netflix, I mean, it's been on all the time. We got the first half of hashtag six seasons. Now we need the and a movie. And I mean, if you watch the table read, everyone said they were on board to do it. Donald Glover, who has no free time because he's super talented and involved in all sorts of other projects is like, yeah, I'd do it. So it's a matter of Dan Harmon needs time to write a script between writing another 70 episodes of Rick and Morty that they're contracted for and someone would actually have to pay to make the movie. Would Netflix do it? Maybe. I want to. Yeah, if it's getting if it's getting them views, you got to figure at some point Netflix will throw some money at that movie. Even if it's just to finish the six seasons in a movie, because how cool would it be that this fan rallying cry that came out of like what season three of the show or season five? I can't remember. Actually happens. That would be cool. I love yeah. that. I mean, show. I mean, hell, Netflix threw Adam Sandler a bunch of money to make movies. Yeah, and evidently that's done a lot for them, if you believe the rumors. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, so, what else have I been getting into? Like I mentioned, I was reading some comics because there's some stuff on sale in Comicsology. So, I bought a bunch of the later run of IDW's Star Trek, which is books they wrote that were in canon with the movies. I'd read everything up until Star Trek Beyond. I didn't realize until I saw they were on sale that there was another three trade paperbacks worth of a series called Star Trek Boldly Go that takes place between when the Enterprise is destroyed and when they ship out on the rebuilt Enterprise A that tells the story of what was going on while they built the new Enterprise, which is kind of cool. Captain Kirk is temporarily commanding another ship. They meet the Borg, which I never expected to happen. It was surprisingly a really fun read. Also in line with that, they had a bunch of Trek books on sale that IDW had published all of the mirror mirror books that deal with like the mirror dimensions and stuff like that. I picked up a couple random ones there that were really fun. In addition to, I can't remember. Uh, oh, there's a series and I forgot the name of it. They put out, it was like an eight issue mini or a six issue mini that is all about the Q continuum going to war with other high powered beings in the galaxy. And they create their own teams out of star Trek characters from the original series all the way through, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They basically draft their own teams and make them fight against each other. It's the Q Continuum Secret Wars? Something like that, for lack of a better (laughs) term. But there's other super beings beside the Q. So, like, 
Q takes Jean-Luc Picard Aww. to be his captain, and Picard has to draft a team, basically. So you've got interesting things there, like uh, Captain Kirk has both Lieutenant Worf from the Captain Picard's crew, so post-next-gen movies, but Jadzia Dax from Cisco's Deep Space Nine crew, who's dead and was Worf's wife. So Worf has to interact with his hmm. dead wife and not tell her she's dead while serving under Captain Kirk. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah, it was actually a really fun read. and It's really super weird. You get interesting stuff like Seven of Nine serving under Captain Picard. So you've got two human reform Borg working together, stuff like that. It, it was really a cool read. And I cannot remember the name of the book, but it was on sale for like $3.99, I think. The entire collected trade paperbacks. The other stuff nice. I picked up was the first six trades of uh, Immortal Hulk that Marvel's been doing. Because I've heard it's really, really good and really weird. And I've read the first three issues in the first trade. And I've had a bunch of fun with it. So, yeah, like two ninety nine a trade. It was collecting five or six issues each. I figured, what the hell? This is stuff I hadn't bought. I would, wouldn't mind reading it. So I've been reading that. That's why I've been playing a bunch of games. I've been reading comics, guys. I've been reading comics. And I will probably this afternoon, since I downloaded it, start playing the expansion to Pokemon Sword. Oh, shit. Uh, Mo Will, Pokemon. Willie's judging me. Willie, why Willie's judging always me? judging you. Why are you judging me, Willie? Did you make sure to buy the correct DLC? I did. That was the stupidest thing is that you have to buy the actual one for your game versus just being blanket DLC that knows what game you have. But it's a freaking cash grab because there are some people that buy both Sword and Shield. And this is how Nintendo is making sure they get two 30-buck transactions out of people. Oh, so the DLC is, is, what I call is it. specific to either Sword or Shield? Yes. So, uh, yeah. Fucking dirt bags. It's dirty as hell. There mm. was a news story I saw that they were giving people refunds if they bought the wrong version. So, like, say you had Sword and you bought the Shield version of the DLC, it wouldn't work. So people were like, wait, I spent 30 bucks for DLC that doesn't work. And like, no, you need to buy this one. And people are going, so I'm going to pay 60 bucks for DLC. I can only play <laughs> on one of my games. So they had to start That's giving refunds. Up. Because... It's not super clear until you get to the bottom of it that says this is DLC for Pokemon Sword or this is DLC for Pokemon Shield. I have issues with it. I do too, Willie. It makes it's understandably annoying. Willie, what are you even getting into instead of making fun of me for wanting to play some Pokemon? First of all, I'm not making fun of you. Judging I'm just, me. Uh, I wouldn't even say judging <laughs> you. I would say wondering why the hell you're doing this. Because I like the Pokemon games? Uh, do you or are you just going through the motions we didn't even touch on the fact that all the new pokemon stuff coming like pokemon snap 2 and stuff like that we can talk about that later eh. some people might care more than others yeah i don't really care i never Fair. played pokemon snap back on the 64 That's never cool. went to blockbuster to put in my memory card to, to print out a picture <laughs> never got to do that <laughs> uh but what i've been getting into uh, i've been playing last was part two uh, I've been playing uh, uh, against the Pyramid Head and Dead by Daylight a lot, which has been quite fun uh, and creepy. Very, very creepy. But one of the better things I think they did was uh, they introduced legendary skins. And the they came out with uh, two, or two or three of them. Two of them are for the Survivor. And one of them is for a killer. Or the new Survivor, I should say. And then one of them is for a killer we've already had, Legion. And he gets bunny costumes. It is so uh, creepy when that bunny is stalking you down a middle school uh, um, um, hallway. You just see him coming down the other everywhere. end like, oh, no, I got to run the other way. Oh, the bunny is so good. It's too bad it costs $10 for you to actually get it. Yeah. 
But I mean, uh, I do love it when people do it. I'm like, it's so creepy with that bunny coming at you, especially when it's running at you in the, in the oven. <laughs> I want to stab you pretty much. Um, what else did I get into? Oh, yes. Uh, you might have noticed some towels behind me. Uh, that's there for a reason because um, uh, I might have mentioned er- a while back. Willie's that, now uh, running a bed and breakfast. Yes. The Willie. Yeah, the we're Willy not. I'm DVD not going to do the Willie. Come get some D at the DVD. Yeah, we're not even going to go there. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mentioned a while back that uh, three things in my apartment all went wrong, like all within like a week uh, around each other. Um, so uh, something happened to my kitchen sink, and uh, it got fixed Thursday, and then. Thursday night, I went after about an hour after I got fixed. I went over to my buddy's place because he said, Hey, you want to come over for dinner earlier in the week? I said, Sure. And so I left. And when I got back, water all in my kitchen area right here. Just the rug soaked. Luckily, it's hardwood floor. So I didn't have to worry about like carpeting, That's which good. is nice. Um, and luckily also that it just wrapped around because the bathroom is right, uh, pretty much this wall right here. Do you see? Uh, the sinks on this side, the bathroom is right there. It just wrapped around that building and went down there. Apparently that's the low point <laughs> to this apartment, which is good. Cause it didn't come into this living room area right here where there's a big ass rug that just came with the place and a bunch of electronics. Yeah. Well, the search protector is on the ground, but it wouldn't have probably got, yeah. The, yeah. And also, yeah, the PlayStation VR kind of things down the floor over there. Yeah. You, you dodged a bullet there, my friend. Oh, trust me, I know. And that was kind of a surprise when I come out. I was like, okay, got to deal with this. Let me go get the landlord and let him know that, hey, make sure your stuff in your garage isn't messed up from the leaking. Yeah. But yeah, but everything else is working. It's fixed now and pretty much good. Just letting some stuff dry out there. Of course, I'd use a bunch of towels. That's why they're all up. And um, what have I been doing anything else? Did I watch any movies? I don't think I did. I've just been watching a lot of YouTube and playing a lot of Dead by Daylight. Has anyone watched the Star Wars version of Legends of the Hidden Temple? I meant to, and I forgot. What? Mm, Not yet. There's a show hosted by Ahmed Best who played Jar Jar Binks on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel that is like Legends of the Hidden Temple set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so the contestants are basically Padawans in the Jedi Temple, learning how to be Uh, Jedi as part of the game show. Yeah, I wish I could care about this. Did you not like <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple when you were a kid? Yeah, when I was a kid. Have you tried to rewatch it now? It's still fun for nostalgia. You just yell it. You stupid kid. It's right there. Just turn <laughs> the damn monkey the right way. It's three pieces. It only goes one way. You stupid fucking kid. God. That's, that's not how I watch. Yeah. So that's, what that's I'm hearing I'm here is Willie's not going to go watch whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm getting the name wrong. I know. But the Legends of the Hidden Temple remake is Star Wars. He's not going to go and watch. I don't think. I might give it a shot. I watched that. Uh, what was that one on, on Netflix? Uh, the Big Fib, I think. Or no, uh, Disney Plus. Uh, it's the Big Fib or the Big Liar or something. They bring kids on and like two people claim to be an expert on something like, you know, like biology or something. And one of them is actually an actor that's lying and one of them actually is an expert. And the kid has to figure out which person's lying. It's kind of a cute show. Oh, if you need a really dumb show, I forgot this in my segment. So I'm interrupting you. I apologize, Willie. On Netflix, it was the number one show trending in the United States yesterday. So I had to go and check it out. It is a show called Floor is Lava on Netflix. Uh, I remember that community episode. Yes. If you saw that community episode, you know what the game is, which is they've built an obstacle course of different things you need to navigate to get through the room. And if you slip and fall into the lava, which is a big pool of red water, 
you just disappear <laughs> under the surface. It is super dumb, super Did dumb. They? But for some reason, I was captivated for an episode. It, it is funny because like the rock came out with the Titan game. So we got like basically a new version kind of update of American gladiators on TV. But then now they have like one channels doing ultimate tag. That's fucking bad uh, show Ian, too. Ian Carmel from fucking um, all fantasy. Everything is on game on with Gronk and uh, one of the Williams sisters. And uh, who is it? Um, uh, is it key or peel? I can't remember which one it is. The brain hey. games and net geo. Is that the one we're talking about? That's no, it's on Game key. On. It's on uh, ABC or CBS. It's oh, one of those. I don't know. It's probably Key because I don't see Jordan Peele doing. Me neither. TV. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, it's by, uh, Keegan Michael Key. But yeah, he's the host of it. But like him and Ian Carmel like went and kicked a field goal at a Rams game, like you know, like months ago, months yeah. and months ago. But like we have all these game shows coming on. It's like people don't want to watch ignorant ass reality TV. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I don't want to get involved with something like as as deep and sinister as Hannibal. It's like, just give us fucking TV game shows again, like what they used to have back in the 70s. Oh, That's my God, and they're running out of ideas for it. Like, hey, what do kids like to do? We like to play tag. Oh, they also play yeah. The Floor is Lava. Oh, what else they do? They also play exactly. Legos. Let's have a Lego show. No, no, the Let's Lego show is awesome. Lego you, show was fucking you, amazing. You, you bite your, your ID tongue. I have not watched it and i don't care to watch it because i don't care about you it can't i'm just not, judge a, it if it's you not watch i don't, it. don't have an opinion i'm not saying it's bad you should watch it because the host is batman because it's out of ideas am i wrong in that no. is that not a dumb idea if someone just said hey let's have a show about people building legos does that sound dumb no no it doesn't sound dumb it sounds it's awesome not, it's you. actually an original take on this. it's actually something it's original than, in reality tv it's better than every cooking show out there I will watch Lego Masters over uh, and over. That show was uh, awesome. Uh, I would oppose that on Netflix. What was that the Curious Case? So what was that woman's name who did the that weird cooking show with the nailed horror it? themes of? That one was oh. weird. No, yeah. no, not, not no, nailed she, it. She like had a house like a, she had yeah. like a house full of monsters. It was yeah. very strange. Interesting. It was good though. It was good. It was an interesting concept and it worked. Yeah. Willie, you're on the wrong side of history talking shit on Lego Masters though. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking shit about it. I'm just shit saying talking. it's a like, all that someone shit. came up to you at, who's like a producer at a TV station like, hey, you want to have a show about someone building just, I don't know, Legos? That's a, that's a dumb idea. That's no, just not. dumb. No, no. It's a great idea. It's it's awesome. On paper, awesome it's dumb. On paper, it's dumb. You, there are things that sound dumb, good on paper and are dumb, dumb paper. practice. There are things that sound dumb on paper, but apparently they're good in practice. Can you not at least agree with me there? No. Nope. Nope. You communist. Nope. <laughs> Nope, nope. Uh, uh, Willie, I'm sorry you feel so in- incorrectly about Lego Masters. And another thing I've been getting into is <laughs> <laughs> uh, I finally started uh, watching again uh, or picking back up after about like two or three weeks uh, after I got interested in it originally. It was happy. I'm into the second season. I'm one episode in. And I want to continue watching the rest of that. So as happy as good. And I've also uh, played a little bit of a game called Hunt the Showdown. Which is a little bit weird. I don't have, I haven't played it enough to really tell you anything about it, other than it's um, a multiplayer game that you're going to hunt monsters in and try not get killed by the other people. Interesting. That's what I've been getting into. Well, now, oh, let me ahead. get into you. No. Uh, wrap things up for us, Bachman. <laughs> what do you been getting into? Uh, playing some Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor us, please. <laughs> I, I do. It's ridiculous. I love that game. It's a great way to kill an hour every day. Sitting at home doing nothing anyways. Wait, wait. You're uh, being serious? Yeah. 
Oh, we're taking his opinion for okay, whatever. I'm yeah. I'm out of here. I got like twenty <laughs> characters up, act, uh, max up to six stars, level sixty, kicking ass in the dungeons. It's fun. But uh, um, playing some little bit of Dead by Daylight, a little bit of Apex. Yeah, my hands have been killing me, so like it's weird where I sometimes I can play for an hour and it feels fine. Other times I pick up my controller and it fucking hurts like hell. I've uh, been watching um, so watching Homeland. Um, going through, uh, watched a couple of movies. I did watch that Hunt movie. Uh, it actually wasn't bad. It was, it's got that weird twist. It's like where you think this is the main character and then blam, they die. And then this is the main character and blam, they die. It's got that nice start off for, you know, a movie where it's basically a bunch of people getting murdered. But yeah, that was pretty entertaining. Um, I watched the Bloomhouse, uh, Fantasy Island movie with Michael Pena. That was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, having low expectations going in, it was actually a pretty cool film. Um, the way they did the effects on it was great. Like you keep seeing like flashes of this guy throughout the whole movie, and it's just really creepy the way they did it. But yeah, really, really cool movie. Um, and then uh, I saw a trailer that actually had me interested because, of course, you know we had Groundhog's Day, which is you know a total classic. Then we got uh, Happy Death Day, which I love both of those, where a chick realizes she's in a Groundhog Day type scenario. And now there's a new uh, Adam Sandler movie coming out, or Adam Sandberg movie coming out. With uh, Christine Milati? Christine Milati, the mother as the, I Met Your Mother. There you go, as the co-star. This looks awesome, uh, by the way. Yeah, it's a new Hulu original film called Palm Springs, where they wake up at a at a Palm Springs resort for a wedding, like a family, friends, or whoever, and something happens where Andy Sandberg gets stuck in a time loop, and they keep living the same day over and over again, and then she ends up getting stuck in it with him. So they're living the same day over and over again. So it's a romantic comedy, more focused version of Groundhog's Day. But yeah, it's it it definitely it looks funny as hell. Yeah, I saw the commercial for that. I was like, okay, this looks like it's going to be good. And then um, on Netflix, I started rewatching. I had watched like the first two episodes of The Order, and then never gone back to it. And they dropped the third season. So I was like, fuck it. Went back and I watched like six episodes of that the other day. And it's actually not that bad of a show. It's another one of those ones that's a Netflix original. It's got that, like that CW feel, kind of supernatural-ish. But it's literally like a kid is trying to get revenge for his dead mom against like a magical order. For some odd reason, they're responsible for her dying. So like he goes to college to get in, into this magical order. And then along the way, also somehow runs into a pack of werewolves that hate magic and then becomes a werewolf as well. So like he's a witch and a werewolf, and it's that whole combo where you can't just ever be one thing anymore. But you got to be a mix of two of the things. So yeah, the main the main star of the show is a kid that's like going to magic school, but is also a werewolf. But it's actually it's pretty fucking entertaining. It's nice to just mind numbing, sit and watch it. Went through a couple episodes of that, and like I said, yeah, the Hannibal showed up on Netflix, so I'm like six episodes in. But yeah, you got you got to take a break from that shit. You can't just mainline that. It, it it's worse than Jessica Jones. Like it's some dark ass, well made shit. But it's a great show. So yeah, been watching both of those. Watched a bunch of movies, and then yeah, getting some reading done. I am getting near a hundred pages into uh, Altered Carbon, so getting through that pretty good. That one's been super fun. the The details of some of the stuff, like with people popping in and out of sleeves, is just awesome. I mean, I can see why reading it, why someone picked it up and thought it would be a great show. And then um, once I'm done with that one, I got my copy of Ready Player One. So I've rewatched this movie like three times. I just love it, and I'm excited to actually read the book. And then uh, during uh, Captain Comics sale, I finally picked up a copy of a book that at some point I'm going to be excited to go back and reread. 
but I didn't want to, you know, pulling out the floppies is never that much fun. So it's always better if you can get oversized, big extended art print versions. So I got the hardcover Apocalypse Year One of East versus West Volume One. So I think the full thing, like fully reprinted, is going to be like six of these. So started buying those because yeah, when I sit down to reread it, like it's going to be an awesome book. Yeah, the in this world that is the Horseman Death that's on the cover, and Dragota uh, is it Dragota? Say so says yeah, Dragota the artist on this. Uh, Hickman wrote it. Uh, Dr- Nick Dragota is the artist. This guy's art is utterly fantastic and it never wavers this book's been going for like 60 some odd issues so it's i think five six seven years straight now and every issue cover to cover is just gorgeous it's one of the prettiest books in the world and it's all about murder and war and the horseman of the apocalypse and this crazy alternate version of the u.s where like china took over part of our country the native tribes fought back against the settlers and became what is called the endless nation and is now the most high tech um, country in the world is the part of the U S that they own. Like it's, it's just this crazy alternate America where just nothing is the same as it was, but it's all really fucking good because it's Hickman and he's crazy. But yeah, if you haven't read East, of, uh, East of West, damn good book. But yeah, I'm looking forward to rereading that. And then, yeah, I think that's about it. Well, good. Uh, before we shut this thing down, you guys lots have any, of reading. Any final <laughs> thoughts for us, Willie? You looking forward to anything coming out this week? Got anything going on this week you're excited about? Not the Lego show. He's gonna, he's going to play some Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah, I mean the Lego just, show is already done for this season, but you can go watch it on Hulu if you want. I know you got a Hulu. I choose to not. <laughs> All right then. I guess I guess we'll let you keep talking shit, even though you've not seen the product. I'm not talking. talking shit. I'm just saying I don't want to see it. You're missing out. I'm not saying I once again. I never said it was bad. It was a bad show. I've never said that. You're putting words into my mouth. Hence, this whole show is collusion. This whole show is. Thank you, Ruxin. <laughs> I'm just gonna call you Ruxin. You're. This whole episode is full annoyed. I'm not Jewish enough. You are definitely not Jewish enough to be Ruxin. That is true. Yeah. You're nowhere near cool enough to have Jeff Goldblum as your dad. That's the bigger thing. Oh yeah, you heard well, me. Now, now you're just trying to be hateful. And that that's sad. That's <laughs> no, that's just honest. That's just pure <laughs> truth. I'm Chris, sorry. Hit that goddamn button. <laughs> I got outro things. Hitting the button takes time because there's 20 seconds. Oh, he's got to end it. End up, my but. suffering. So on that note, this is where we like to remind you guys we do stream this live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over on Geeks.Live. That is the official streaming home of the Gunny Geek Network. And we will be back next week with more horseshit shenanigans, as we call them. That being said, we are ready to shut this thing down. As I hit the button, any final thoughts for us? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Willie, thank you for uh, being a friend and flipping everyone the bird. And we will see the rest of you all (laughs) next week. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.